Anyone been pro um been going to any protests or anything? Yeah, I I went to a protest yesterday actually, um the Trafalgar Square one. Um nice. the one that was cancelled um, Wait, so you were the hooligans, hooligans. <laughs> <laughs> nah, you know what? It was I'm not gonna lie, my people held it down. It was very peaceful. Um I didn't go as a protester, I went as um, a legal advisor, um mm. just basically making sure that the police followed the rules and didn't step out of line type of thing. So yeah. but obviously when you're in amongst of, um, all those people and that kind of uh, energy, it was like a good feeling that the representation was there. So 100% like... So what was the actual... Uh, or what actually happened then? Because obviously you see a lot of stuff on social media. And yeah, yesterday um, was a confusing day really because, um, as I said, um, it was the one that was planned for the Saturday, but um, mm. it was cancelled by the official um, UK Black Lives Matter. Yeah. And um, to be fair... Um, with them as much as the good work they're doing their advice has been not to as, well, as far as i understand it not to advocate for protesting but at the same time to say they're supporting and um, facilitating anyone who does want to protest and obviously giving them the materials resources advice so 100 percent um the support network has been there but um yeah yesterday was part edl they had their separate um uh, what, protest. Is, what is um edl edl is that um it's it's some defunct like football hooliganism mm -hmm. kind of sense. It's basically right wing racists. Yeah. Um. Try to say they're not. Try to say they stand for something, but then. Uh, so the official name is EDL. Yeah, an English Defence League is what it stands for. Okay. So Tommy so Robinson. Was that like a party oh. or something? Tommy Robinson's fucks basically. Oh, he's created that. Yeah. See, uh, his rep he represents them. Yeah. I think oh. he's tried to distance himself at times. But, but did he not back. even turn up? Decided. Yeah, he yeah, yeah. Out the last You know minute. what? There's mm. been those um over social media. I think there's been two um either. One was a video, one was like a um, voice note. Yeah. But I think the first one definitely went viral. That's when he was calling basically arms to arms. All the, mm. he called them the lads, but um, it's the English um, thugs, the football thugs. Yeah. He basically said for them to squash all the um, beefs and um, come together, come to the cap, descend on the capital to protect the statues that no one has ever visited. <laughs> you wouldn't even know where they stood, if you know what I mean? So um, anyway, that was the so-called protection of the statues. He didn't come. He tried to distance himself by saying he's not racist, saying he's not advocating race wars. And mm. You think he's like. racist? You know what? Um, I I'm think people... Really sure. huh? No, really I think sure. people like him are dangerous um, because they don't necessarily have a strong ideology to the extent that it doesn't, it's subject to change. But at the same time, they're more intellectual than the people that they kind of government follow, yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. So they will, they'll they'll put something out there, and then the others will catch on to like a one liner or say, yeah. and then that, that will be the chant, that will be the stand. But then the, he knows that in that bunch, as much as he says they're not racist, mm. many of them are. Many of them, that's all they want to do. They want to get into fights. Many of them yesterday that I saw, they were drunk by the morning. By the oh time my we god! Them. So they were just looking for a reason, yeah. that's, someone that's exactly to say anything, look at them some kind frankly, of other way. I think it's important, and people may want to go back to that um, original voice note because he said that he wanted the thugs to come in and protect the statues and the police because the Black Lives Matter protesters have been attacking the police and no one's standing up for these people. So he came in with his thugs and the first thing they did was get drunk, get pissed, and they and attacked the police. Yeah. Assaulted the police. <laughs> the irony. And literally it was like, some of them thought they were in some sort of boxing ring, like shadow boxing and swinging in front of yeah, the feds. Yeah, like, like, oh. yeah. So Wait, is this all on, um, is this on the news or is it not? Yeah, yes, yeah, some of it's been on the news. Like like the actual... 100 or so protesters that they claimed 
um, they shouldn't have called them protesters because obviously we had the Black Lives Matter and 100 of them probably, I'd say maybe 90 or so, had, were from the EDL wow. arrests. Um, one EDL person did sneak into the Black Lives Matter um, protest and to put it lightly, he was dealt with. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you can go and find out your own research, but yeah, don't do that again, guys. Come on. Um, but yeah, I think it was, yeah, they made me proud. They held it down. There was all sorts of races, all sorts of ages, um, and people were peaceful. Even the police themselves. Mm -hmm. My job was quite easy because the police, apart from some dodgy orders that basically threw them into confusion, I think they, they compared to what had gone on before, they were quite peaceful. I can't speak for everyone's experience, but yeah, from, from what I saw, from what I filmed, it was quite peaceful. How long yeah. did it last? The protest, um, um, I think it started, it was some sort of like gathering outside Marble Arches where I met my group. Okay. And, um, but yesterday, crucially, there was a seven, I'm uh, sorry, a 5 p.m. Um, lockdown of all protests. So everyone was getting dispersed from 5 p.m. onwards. Wow. And that had been kind of told it was a special order because they knew of the risk of both parties clashing. So they said um, special order se um, section 60, um, stop and search and heightened police powers just to make sure that... Um, but yeah, they, they they spent millions on that police operation yesterday. There was TSG vans, helicopters. Well, like a TSG van. Uh, what they call territorial um support um, group um police basically um, and they come in from different regions of the country. Um, they usually riot train police and they come in to support the local police when they feel there's going to be a disturbance. But they also come in many times in trouble. Certain communities, particularly our black communities and stuff, and everyone will know what a TSG van looks like and <laughs> the kind of attitude that's different from lo local police at times can be quite bad, but TSG had a different, different kind of feel. Wow. Wow. Uh, yeah. Well, like talking on protests and stuff, using me and you, we went to um, Hyde Park's protest. Yeah. And that Which was one was that peaceful. one? That was a lot of fun. So that I one... I think it was the first one. Was it? No, yeah. it wasn't. It wasn't. It wasn't the first. It was during the week, right? I think during the week... Wednesday, it was Thursday? on a Wednesday. Okay, Wednesday. Wednesday. But that was like a lot of fun in the sense of it was like a powerful thing just to yeah, be yeah. there. So oh, is that the one that John Biogo was at? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So we arrived like maybe an hour or so later after okay, him. But again, there were still so many people there, mm -hmm. and it was just what is it? Justice for George Floyd. Justice for Shukri Abdi. Mm -hmm. Justice Belly. for Belly Majinga. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, and just to kind of see so many people come out black, white all this kind of stuff and everyone just coming together and understanding that, you know what, justice needs, we need justice ultimately. And um, I guess a few days ago, even before we went to the protest, it was just kind of great to see other people. I think it was in Westminster and all that kind of stuff going to the protest. And it's just like in a moment where you're hearing and seeing so much in the media, in the news, I felt like it was a hopeless feeling of, okay, well, what can I do? Like, I'm obviously not in the States. I can't physically stop these police. And when I heard of the protests going on, I think me and Yuzu were both just like, oh my gosh, if there's one coming up, or is it two days later? Like, we have to be there. Because that's the worst thing, I think, during this whole time. I guess just feeling like I was hopeless. But kind of just to go down there and realise that my voice, along with others in terms of seeing so many thousands of people there yeah. it's just like if we're all saying the same thing that message really does spread far and wide and yeah it was just a, a great thing for so many people to kind of have that mentality that we want change uh, let me ask you all a question um during this time i'll ask it quite generally you can maybe apply it to um, specific groups but do you think there's a duty on people 
and then I'll, I'll kind of differentiate to ask themselves what can I do and to the extreme looking forward what did I do at a time like this yeah. you think there's some sort of obligation on people generally and then I'll ask particularly with the black community people of black descent African descent and that includes all black people um, across the world not just in the states as we saw so what do you guys think yeah like I definitely agree I think there's a detail at this point like as in I think it it'll be very ignorant where like it's been like it's just on mass media everywhere so mm. for a black person not to actually want to do something or feel bothered by it like I mm. feel like you know you do have to ask yourself in the future like what was I doing when you know I could have been making history do you know what I mean because mm. I feel like we're all responsible mm. you know like and as Desiree said like when we went there there are just so many people like me and Desiree was both our first protest yeah, ever. ever like protest. I would okay. it's not a thing that I would normally you know attend, attend mm -hmm. at all but I was just kind of like you know if there's something I can do like <laughs> you know why not yeah and I just kind of feel like those who are kind of like being passive they uh, they'll definitely regret it later if there is um change mm. okay i mean in our lifetime like because honestly what were you doing what are you going to tell your grandchildren <laughs> where were you when yeah. <laughs> in 2020 when this and that this was revolutionist yeah mm, sounding like sean what about you what do you feel um an obligation of sorts or do you feel any sort of pressure or in i mean i feel like there definitely is pressure to do something but in terms of you said um what the weights of what you do some people obviously posting, uh, maybe it's just a picture. Maybe in the years to come, they're going to be like, oh, yeah, he posted the blackout on Instagram. Mm. And that's all he did. <laughs> Something. Right. That's obviously some people going to be like, oh, yeah, he went and he donated to, you know, all these GoFundMe pages. Mm -hmm. And then obviously you have other people who are going to be doing the protest and whatnot. So how are we really going to measure if you've done anything of any substance that's actually going to make real change? Mm, I feel like saying doing something of any substance I'm doing something of substance. I don't think that's right, though. Do you know what I mean? Because I feel like everyone, like, adds to the change. Yeah, that means everyone's to gonna be in history books now for doing something because yeah, that's good. Because like, then yeah, our kids will benefit off of it in the future. Yeah, nah. The little you do, like, I feel like. No, I'm, I, I'm not saying you shouldn't do anything. I'm saying you, the question was basically asked. Yeah. What was your question? So my question was: Is there some sort of obligation, or is there pressure, or do you? I first phrased it as um. Do you, would you would you ask yourself what can I do? And then I said to the extreme, will you look back if you don't and say what did I do or why didn't I do something type of thing? Um, I feel like people will only look back if nothing changes. Mm -hmm. So if no. stuff changes, you just benefit the fact that stuff has changed. Yeah. Now the reason I yeah. asked that, um, partly is because um, in some ways I've been quite encouraged and quite touched and pleased by the reaction globally. And I mean from all different races, creeds, and all sorts of people. Like it's been quite mixed in general. You know, we've had some corporations, we've had some um, celebrities or some personalities talking about things, and there's been a mixed reaction to that. And I guess this leads into the next question of... Um, I've asked this before to friends and families, but, um, for example, to what extent does what happens in America affect the reality on the ground for us in the UK for one but then also the reality of those say for example um, who are protesting on all over the world in continents Europe um, Australia, Australasia Asia etc and that kind of global solidarity mm. um, I guess it 
it links back into the question, what is Black Lives Matter? What does that mean? What does that stand for? And, and why is it so offensive? Why does it get so many people riled up and mm-hmm. have to go for the whole all lives matter or blue lives matter or this, that? It's a simple statement, three words that speak deeply into the souls of those who can resonate with it. Mm-hmm. But quite frankly, anyone who can classify as a human with some sort of empathy should be able to understand the meaning of those words and more particularly the context to which they apply. So, yeah, go back to the first question. How how do you think what happens in America and what you see on the TV and how does that affect us and why are we so moved at this time? I think for me, um, growing up, we or I love to watch American TV shows, all that kind of stuff. And now that we're in a world of social media where anything anyone does abroad, I'm instantly kind of going to find out about it. But I feel like what's interesting and kind of different this time that I don't even see it as what's going on in America I just see it as what is happening to a black person and I think that's why the whole world in a sense is kind of coming together and it's just like it's not a man or woman or whatever it's consistently a black person being targeted whether it's in the UK or America but I guess because it's America everyone's just kind of just like this is shocking again this is another black person but instantly myself and others were kind of thinking well can I just say oh no I feel sorry for people that are experiencing this in America and it's just like no because people are also experiencing this in the UK which is where the other hashtag the UK is not innocent kind of came into place and I think it's just the realization that we know through history that black people have not been treated equally our stories are not as great in in terms of what we're taught at school But it's just like, this is actually continuing to happen. This is no longer a history lesson. This is actually the reality. And whether it's that people are feeling a lot more confident to speak up against what is going on, I just think we're living in a time where it's just like, you can't do what you did to our ancestors years and years ago. And we're just going to sit quiet and be like, oh, okay, it's cool. It's fine. It's just, no, we're going to stand up. We're going to make sure that our voices are heard. And it's just like you need to just stop treating black people with disrespect across the board and not so much America, if that kind of makes sense. Yeah, that's an interesting take. Yuzi? So what was the question, just to clarify. Yeah, sure. Um, <coughs> yeah, so I asked, to what extent or to what extent <coughs> does what happened in America affect us in the UK? And with that, why has there been a reaction in the way it has? Okay. Um, and let me just add a slight caveat because of Desiree's answer. Um, I'll add my own opinion. These are issues that I touch with in my daily life, with my job as a um, in the law firm in a criminal law um, defense firm, and um, I spend a lot of time reading these kind of issues. So part of my reaction has been the slight surprise, but also a slight uncomfortability at why all of a sudden it's now become such a big topic. Not so much because I don't want it to. I'm, I'm very happy it has and it's important. But where was that energy, and where will that energy be? when all of this dies down. And I say that in the context of this whole coronavirus, which we can't ignore, everyone's been inside, everyone's been paying attention to social media and virtual kind of realities across the um, world. So when this kind of dies down, will that energy still be there? Particularly when people try to go back to their normal lives, which have been so, so disturbed and so dysfunctional when they try to go back to what actually is in their interest. So yeah. To what extent? Yeah, yeah. I feel like you you pretty much covered what I was going to say in terms of um, I feel like 
we're all aware because we're at home and like you know everyone's on their phone these days so it's uh, quite hard to miss news and it's a lot easier for things to go like extremely viral and that's what's happened like everyone's been able to see it as a lot harder to ignore but when we do go back to our daily lives like you know on a normal day (laughs) i don't know people finish work and they go to the pub like they're not on their phone like deep in like what's going on around the world i mean because it's not the first killing it's not the first Mm -hmm. like (laughs) brutality nothing i mean like it's not the first case but it's just come at a time where I would say it's a blessing because mm-hmm. obviously everyone has been home and, mm-hmm. you know, it's just kind of triggered um, <laughs> a big response yeah, because, yeah, a lot of people do empathise. Like, when we went to the protest, we saw loads of white people. Yeah. Loads, of, like, Same honestly, thing loads. Yeah. <laughs> and that's why I said I'm so pleasantly surprised. So, yeah. But yeah. And <sighs> I think you were saying that someone came from Wales or something. Yeah, yeah. yeah um, like yesterday, um, during the protest, on my way out after we'd kind of been dispersed from the square, um, I did. M- I saw there's a lot of white people, as you were saying, um, a lot of different races and all supporting supposedly the course. And yeah, and there was one girl who I remember um, saw her banner and it said um, had all sorts of Wales flags all over it. Said, okay, I came from Cardiff um, to stand um, with Black Lives Matter, mm-hmm. and something as simple as that. Not necessarily trying to um, make themselves seem unimportant, but yeah. just showing the lengths people are willing to go. To support a um a cause that they resonate with because I feel at this stage, um no one can deny and no one can pretend as if they don't know what's going on. Mm-hmm. Um, particularly in the way our worlds are so globalized now, and with this whole viral reality. Say for example, we t- if we took it back to twenty sixteen and twenty fourteen, I guess when the Black Lives Matter really started um, as a as a movement, and a lot of those murders, a lot of those names that we call. Um, when it, particularly in America, whenever these um, tragedies happen, we remember the Trayvon Martins. We, we um, remember um, all of those people who were shot, who were strangled, who were, um, in other words, killed by the police. Yep. And mm-hmm. because it wasn't on camera, those names are just names for many people, or murals or artwork. And because the justice didn't follow um, after those cases went through and there was that sense i feel like in my knowledge ever since i realized um i guess during the 90s with um, rodney king and how blatant that was on camera how um, flagrant that disrespect and uh, abuse that led to that kind of battering Mm. um and how all of those officers even though they were all caught on camera um multiple times attacking him all walked and america kind of sensed this was the pattern to follow this is what's going to happen anyway there's no point. All we can do now is is riot or, shall I say, protest. And then when those verdicts and when those injustice and is compounded, then the escalation which leads to the riots and the violence is there for everyone to see. Mm-hmm. So um, it's, 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 a, it's a difficult one. But, um, yeah, hopefully this is a sign of things to come as opposed to um, something that bucked the trend. Mm. Well, just to add, yeah, I think um, <coughs> another reason why... I guess people around the world are really riled up about um, George Floyd. It's George Floyd. Mm-hmm. I think it's because it's, it's a different type of. We've never seen such like lynching before mm. on camera. I mean, we've seen people be shot mm. and all that, mm. but f- to see someone, to see watch someone die on it's camera, no on camera. Right. different things. You know what I mean, yeah. so yeah. I can't. I, we were kind of like, or well, some people were kind of getting 
a little bit desensitized to just seeing people get shot again, again, again. again. Or what some kind of justification. Of oh, he exactly. got shot because he did X, Y, Z. There's no excuses when you're actually watching time. someone actually die and they couldn't do nothing Plead about for it. his life. Yeah. Beg for his mum who's dead. Exactly. Yeah. You've seen people at the, in the background trying to, you know, do something about it and there's nothing that can be done. Because they're scared too. Exactly. So I feel like that's probably why everyone's thinking, okay, cool. There's actually not any excuse that we can give. Because people yeah. find different excuses. Whether it's like, oh, but... That's, that's interesting. Thought about, you know, yeah. he had a gun or he reached for his this or whatever, whatever. There's always some silly excuse. But at least now no one can actually give any dumb excuse about he's trying to do this because we're actually watching it. And this mm-hmm. wasn't like a, a short killing. It was a long, long eight, long nine minutes so, yeah. of watching yeah. someone, you know, literally die. And that's interesting is that point that you made because that's true. The reaction following the actual incident was immediately, globally, all sorts of police authorities condemning straight away saying this person no excuse mm-hmm. this person should be fired and prosecuted this person there was no mincing of words there was no um oh it might have been this can we see that clip before yeah of course i remember that when it took a few minutes for the um i think there was a camera outside the store which showed the beginnings of the confrontation i think officers came out from the store realized something about him a fake 20 dollars across the road etc cetera, etc cetera. but it, i think a lot of people with the mindset um, of let's let's protect this kind of white supremacy kind of idea. Oh, let, let's see the extra content. We need to see, we need to find so something that went mm-hmm. wrong yeah. that justifies Justify this. Yeah. And I think that's that's the that's major issue. With yeah, on your second point about moving, moving forward, um, I don't think it's going to last because obviously we don't, we're in lockdown right now, so people mm-hmm. don't have anything better to do. Not that, you know, this is, this is a cause people should stand for regardless, but people actually don't have anything to do. They're literally sitting at home, doing not, nothing, watching Netflix. And plus, this type, this killing or murder touched everyone. So it's even giving you more motivation and energy. But when you're distracted by everyday life, it's hard to... The people who really care will still be doing what they're doing. Yeah. The everyday casual person who has so much going on in their life who can easily get distracted. Mm-hmm. We're going to get back to doing exactly the same thing we're doing, worrying about work and worrying about family issues and whatnot because you know what the same the stuff right now going on in um where is it is it yemen where, what's going on there's all sorts of, but yeah there's one in yemen there's a one about conflict in yemen exactly. there's conflict in syria and so i know people care about stuff like that and you know over time we'll just eventually pass and stuff is still going to be going on there even i swear as recently as a couple of days ago then another black person get killed. that's what yeah, i heard yeah Friday? another person was so shot in atlanta, atlanta. Yeah. it's like these things are going to keep happening if obviously if you keep putting the pressure Things might change, but they always say if you, you know, the only way for them to really care is if you hit the pocket. So unless we're willing to actually uh, be inconvenienced in our everyday lives, mm-hmm. that's the only way real change can happen. It's all well to protest and all that. I mean, create awareness. I'm sure everyone is aware. And also you said with the Black Lives Matter thing, um, I think the issue is a lot of people don't have the right information. Even a lot of black people don't have the right information. Yeah. Even with That's just true. basically posting the black out uh, uh, post on your on your socials, yeah. people are posting, and I don't really know what they're posting. So people, some people might see Black Lives Matter and have a perception based on what they've heard from the white counterparts or non-black counterparts. Yeah. Right. So it might not be they hate black people, but if you're getting fed information that's not true and is portraying a Black Lives Matter movement in a certain way, then obviously you're just gonna you're gonna believe that. So a lot of people need to get uh, informed or rightly informed so everyone can be on the same page. And obviously there are going to be people who just are plain racist who, <laughs> no matter what you tell them, <laughs> they're not going to change the, the perception. But um, yeah, I don't. I feel like everyone's still going to 
still going to get back to how it was before, unfortunately. I mean, there's just so much stuff that has to be changed, but baby steps, it's not going to happen overnight, so. I doubt it's going to happen this lifetime. Yeah, my lifetime. Yeah. Isn't that even scary to think that despite everything that we're doing, like, even as black people, there's still that feeling of it's, it's not enough. Like, everything that we're doing, they're still going to treat us the same and whatever. Like, I just think long-term in terms of having kids, like, in my hearts of hearts, call it delusional or whatever, but I'm just like, I feel like change is happening. I want I agree, the momentum yeah. to continue, but it's also scary that it can be as simple as no change coming about it, police continuing to do what they want to do, killing innocent black people and all that kind of stuff. It's just like you want to know what to do to actually make sure that that progression continues and that it's not just a phase or a trend, whether it's even once we continue or go back into everyday lives, continuing to sign petitions, something that we can do at home that is still something rather than nothing. I feel like that's like my whole thing during this time that I want to know how I can help. And that again, that means that I need to be educated a lot more. I need to find out. And not so much having to ask people, but actually do research myself because I'm sure that there's a lot of people and programs and all that kind of stuff that are out there trying to make sure that this change does come about and stick about. But I just kind of need to take that, that for me, um, yeah, that initiative and into my own hands and do that work. But even when it comes to like Black Lives Matter, it irritates me irritates me that people that there are some people that are so quick to say all lives matter and it's just like during a time like this where you see the videos you see the the pictures everything around it and you don't you're not aware that the common thing is that it is a black person and all we're saying is that black people are targeted specifically or for whatever reason consistently can we matter also not just saying and I think it's like I've seen more people have outrage or show outrage over a dog being abused. And it's just like, I don't know if you guys saw that YouTuber um, and she had like, um, she was doing a video with her dog and um, she left the, well, she basically posted the full video, but in that video, it shows her like pushing her dog out of the way, kind of holding him down and all that kind of stuff. And I'm sure it was within 24 hours, her dog was taken away. Like, of course, she, everyone was just like, oh my gosh, you're an animal abuser or whatever. I don't know if she lost the right to actually adopt future dogs or adopt dogs in the future, but it's just like, how are people so quick to say and help an animal that's in need, an animal that's abused, but when it comes to a black person, where you also see the video, why is it just like, oh, well, he must have done something in comparison to if that dog was aggressive. people were, Nobody said, oh, well, maybe she was trying to defend herself against the scary dog and all that kind of stuff. It's just like sad and scary to see that people have more outrage over an abused animal than a black individual. And yeah, all of it just breaks my heart, honestly. I was going to say, I feel like, let's just say white supremacists um, making it a lot harder to recognize change so for example um it's easy to see when someone's being killed right but and say okay cool there's racism but then the stuff obviously over here in england where it's a little bit more covert where you can't see so when they talk about you know um the the wage uh disparities or, or people even like for example influencers are you getting paid differently and and um People getting paid way maybe less in the NHS based on this or getting certain jobs. Like it's hard to kind of explain that to somebody who is not going through it. Mm. 
So people can hear can be like, oh, there's no racism because everybody seems like there's equal. It's not as blatant as it is in America where you can blatantly see that, yeah, they're not trying to allow black people to reach a certain level. But when you see everyone here just, you know, the perception everybody's on the same level, you know, there's not really any racism. No one's really saying race is worse to people on the street anymore like that. But it's getting harder and harder for people to notice or for people for you to kind of point it out to someone who's not living that life. That makes sense. That's an interesting point, definitely. The last two points that were made by Desiree and yourself were touched on quite a few things that had been on my mind. Um, <coughs> if we take it from what Desiree said about the animals and the affection for um, cruelty towards animals, um, and when you compare that to um, what is going on in our societies, even on a day-to-day level before we look at... Um, I guess, killings by the police. Um, Say, for example, I'm not sure what example you were talking about, Desiree, but um, even, I think, if we take it back as recently as the the Cooper Cooper situation with that Karen in the park. Oh, okay, okay. Got her first name. I'll call her Karen. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But, yeah. Amy Cooper. Okay, there we go. (laughs) We have a white saviour over there. But, but no, I joke. Um, but yeah, if we look at the animal, the dog that she was trying to control as she um, effectively told that black man she yeah. could control his reality by calling the police. We had a lot of animal rights comments on that video, completely missed the point mm-hmm. and looked at the dog, which exactly. yeah, added to the the suffering of the woman because yeah, no white woman wants to lose her dog. I'm sure that played a big part in her life. But um, it speaks to that reaction that we've seen countless times. In my memory, Harambe. Harambe's um, shooting when he um, tried to save the white boy. (laughs) That was my interpretation, but anyway. Was he he white though? (laughs) A little black boy. A little black boy. boy. (laughs) There we go, there we go. But yeah, Harambe um, trying was shot and the animal rights, the anger um, concerning that situation was rife all over the papers his name became memes all over social media um and i'm sure in that day on that week in that month the amount of black lives lost worldwide but particularly in america and that that's that's troubling Mm -hmm. there was also a dentist who um i'm not sure what country he came from maybe australian but um he he did some big game hunting he was a big game hunter and he shot i believe um a lion an endangered lion and i remember it was all over the evening papers this lion this dentist and they were there was a hunt to find his identity which dental practice he worked in how he lived his life how can we stop him cancel him and those kind of things the kind of attention the kind of uproar that those situations create um is troubling when we as black people we know our reality now i said um touching on those two subjects first that links into um, my first question when I asked, um, what I uh, kind of suggested, will this momentum last? Will people... Before you get into that, yeah, yeah, just on the point of the um, dogs, you said, or yeah. animals, yeah. just to play devil's advocate, yeah. Mm-hmm. Do you think the reason why there's certain outrage towards animals is because they're seen as maybe helpless, you can't really understand them? Like, so let's say if it was a baby, yeah. right? Yep. And it was being done, exa- exactly the same thing was being mm-hmm. done. I think it would probably have the same outrage. Not saying that, you know, your point doesn't make sense. No, I, I, I completely agree. Or understand it anyway. Because an animal is seen as, wait, one, there's animal, animal rights people don't really want animals as pets anyways. Right? Yeah, I, I get that. I get so that. They're already obviously against you for stuff like that. 
But um, I feel I feel my point is more on the issue of empathy and more particularly when you add in things such as um, people being desensitized to people's lives and the suffering that we go through, but particularly the murder. We've had so much murder um, attributed to us all over the world and people still have the audacity to say that was in the past, forget it. Um, and that argument in itself is enraging to our people. It completely um, disregards us and disregards our feelings, but it's so inconsistent with how we live in every society in this world. What nation, if I stabbed you yesterday or last year and I went on to live my life, it happened last year or maybe even 10 years ago, would the family of that person who was stabbed still not hold me accountable? Would they not look for their day in court where they can put me to justice, regardless how long it, um, ago it happened? And quite frankly, if, for example, my dad attacked someone's house um, stole from their property, abused their wife and children, and then he died, but he kept that wealth and gave it to me. And now the family, the offspring of that person who's deceased and that family who's desecrated, they know that I hold their wealth. Would they not still hold me accountable? What would I be? I'd be an accessory, accessory to whatever that is because knowingly I'm withholding that wealth and I'm living my life in, of enjoyment and privilege based on the accumulation of that wealth and the deprivation of that and I'm still here looking at that person knowing what has happened and feeling I'm in some way not involved or I can't be held accountable for that kind of thing now um, if I just take it back to um, I guess that kind of sentiment of not really feeling um, a particular sensitivity to the loss of black life but yet still feeling that still feeling or finding that empathy in relation to others now i'm by far the opposite of an animal cruelty um, advocate but um the reality is i think if you can't first find some sort of empathy in those that look like you that live like you that breathe and want to achieve the same things as you although yeah maybe in a different culture whatever and you can in some way attribute that as less than an animal that takes that conversation back to what does it mean to be a human being and do people in general worldwide view us as humans or as animals is equivalent or less than animals because i can tell you for sure that in the past they said that we were less than animals but do people view anyone um less than an animal so for example i feel like we're just desensitized to viol human violence anyways we watch violent sports we see people get killed anyways so not saying it's right, yeah, but it kind of probably plays into why we see stuff like we don't see. Uh, there's no uh, uh, animal battle show where you're seeing different dogs mm. fight each other. I feel mm. like if that was the case, we'd probably be more desensitized to mm. seeing more animal killings. But we see killings every day. You watch movies that we have do. a lot of killings. Not to yeah. say, oh yeah, you're not correct because they obviously do see us as less than an animal. Mm. Right. The right. only reason I make that claim, and it's a good point you brought up, is because if there's ever a terrorist. Um, incident or some sort of natural disaster or some sort of loss of life collectively in a nation outside our own on my life you will know how many of them were british citizens they will tell you how many were american citizens they will tell you how many were europeans they will name the one individual who was british in 105 casualties just so that you remember that this person's life meant something and 
I I would advise you, I would test you to go out and read any article about a mass killing where there were British casualties. And I assure you, the world will know their lives mattered. So that's why I asked the question in the, in the way I did, because there's been a distinct belief. And as I said, it's been enshrined and entrenched in societies and their constitution, their legal documents, that the black life, at some points it was, I'm sure, a fifth or an eighth or a sixteenth of something of a white person's, meaning that they treated you less than they would treat their animals. They gave you maybe less food and stuff than they would give their animals. And when you died, it wasn't, you were seen as property. And that's slavery, obviously, in the, and it does have a particular significance in America. But this was the treatment of people worldwide. So that's that's where that comment and that um, kind of analysis comes in. Um, I agree. Yeah, so. Listening and tuning in on this week's episode of Let Me Sip. Um, we look forward to hearing your thoughts in the comments. And yeah, if you liked our episode, please do like, share, subscribe, comment, everything, <laughs> and more. <laughs> cool. And we're out.